It's an honor and a privilege to be back with you again, especially during this Holy Week. The Advent has been a friend of mine in many, many ways, and my life has been touched by this congregation and by this community. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you as a Jewish believer in Jesus Christ, to be with my brothers and sisters and share with you the message, the good news. Part of my calling as a Jewish believer is to not only reach the lost Jews of the house of Israel with the good news of the Messiah, but as Paul did to go into the churches and reveal to my Gentile brothers and sisters the truth of their inheritance. For he said in Romans 11 that we are all grafted in. I am a natural branch grafted in and you are a wild branch grafted in, but we are grafted into the same tree. Our roots are the same in what we're promised is the inheritance of Abraham. Now, if I were to tell you that there were two stories and they had two or three things in common, you would say they're probably not the same story. They're similar. If I told you two stories and they had maybe six or seven things in common, you'd say, well, that's pretty much the same story, but it's a little coincidental. But if I told you a story that had 11 identical elements to it, you might be led to believe that it's the same story. How many of you have ever heard the gospel preached from Genesis chapter 22? And the crucifixion of Jesus laid out in front of us for all the world to see in the Hebrew text. As a Jewish believer, part of my coming to faith was understanding not just the Lamb of God, that John said, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world, but to understand who John was. John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. John was in the line of the priesthood. His father, Zechariah, a priest who served in the temple. A Levitical line an inheritor of the responsibility to keep the lamps burning in the temple. He was the last of the Old Testament prophets for his life was given before the Messiah died. He was the one who proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. Where did we first meet that Lamb? We met him on Mount Moriah. In Genesis chapter 22, and you know the story where God tested Abraham. And he had given him this son, and he instructed him to go take your son on this mountain and sacrifice him. Let us look at the parallels of Isaac and Jesus. And let us see that they are unmistakably the same story. Both were the beloved and only sons of their father. For in Genesis 22, in verse 2, it says, Then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. We all know John 3.16, similar words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Well, you might say that's just one thing they had in common. And I say, but yet there's more. Both were miracle births. 
Genesis 17, 16 says, I will bless her and she will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. The word nations in the Hebrew and the Greek is Gentile. The nations, not just for the Jewish people, but for all mankind. We know that Jesus was a miracle birth prophesied by Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Confirmed in Matthew 1 and 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Yeshua or Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Well, that's just two points, and we said just two points. Two similarities might be coincidence. Let us go to the third. As we look at this story and we realize that both sons submitted to the will of their father. Imagine that conversation that took place between a son who had gone up the mountain with his father and began to understand that the wood and the knife was there. But where was the sacrifice? And Abraham says to his son, God himself will provide the lamb. Luke twenty-two forty-two, we see Jesus as his night before the crucifixion was to take place. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. And now we have the third. Not coincidence. The same story. The fourth event. They both had two present, but they did not see what happened. You remember Abraham instructed his two servants. He said, you two wait here while my son and I go over here and worship. We know that night fell early on that day, and the two thieves did not see what happened. They both had two witnesses that did not see what took place. Are you beginning to see the parallels and the unmistakable connection between Genesis 22 and the crucifixion of Messiah? That the God who promised us salvation wasn't just a God of promises, He was a God who fulfilled his promises. How interesting that we look at the fifth parallel. Both carried the wood for their sacrifice up the hill. Jesus dragging that cross. And Isaac laden with the wood for the fire, both climbing up that mountain. A different hill, and I'll explain to you at the, different, at the end of this why the difference in the hill and why Jesus was not sacrificed there at the temple, at the place of Isaac's sacrifice on Mount Moriah. Let me ask you this question as they looked about in the fulfillment of Abraham's promise to his son that God himself would provide the lamb. They looked over And let us think for a moment about this bush that this ram was caught in. The ram was a thicket. The the bush was a thicket. A thicket has thorns. And as that ram's head, as his horns are caught in that thicket, 
what would appear to be upon his head but a crown of thorns. And now we see, we're beginning to see that this is no longer coincidence. This is no longer taken out of context, but this is a perfect picture of the crucifixion of our Messiah. But like you see on television, but wait, there's more. The Talmudic sages place Isaac's age, not what you think of 13 or 14. They place his age at 33. The same age as Jesus. Abraham said to his servants, we will be back. Jesus said, tear this temple down and I will rebuild it in three days. Saying he would be back. Now we have eight things in common. No longer a coincidence. Not just parallels, but the very same story from the Torah. Imagine here you are today in a prophetic event where a Jewish man is preaching the gospel and the crucifixion of the Messiah from the Torah. Number nine, one was saved by the Lamb of God. The other was the Lamb of God. Number 10, if you remember the event that Abraham traveled for three days, and it was on the third day that Isaac arose from that altar because the substitute was provided for him. Jesus rode on the third day. We read Genesis 22, 4 and 5. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. The highest form of worship as defined by Abraham was not to raise your hands or bow your head. The highest form of worship, according to Abraham, was sacrifice. The Word of God tells you to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And God will inhabit the praises of his people. Both rose on the third day. Matthew 17, 22 and 23, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. Ten very specific things in common. Ten, not just parallels, but identical events. But what makes this more real is the final connection. For it was declared by God that Isaac would be the son of the promise. Do you remember reading that? It would not be Ishmael, who was a son not by God's hand, but by man's hand. That it was Isaac who was declared the one and only son. And Isaac was to be the son of the promise. And who was Jesus? He was the promised son. When we look at this story from Genesis, we begin to realize that God's plan all along was to bring mankind into the grace and the mercy 
and the loving kindness of a father who so loved the world that he would sacrifice his son. Could we even imagine a father sacrificing his son if we were not introduced to this concept early on in the book of Genesis? Have we looked clearly at God's message of salvation and redemption, that he would provide a substitute for his people if we would be faithful and step out in faith and answer the call, young or old alike? For when we look at the life of Abraham, he was not a young man. When we look at the life of Sarah, she was not a young woman. But late in life, they made a difference and ushered in a line of people that would bring about the return of the Messiah. I shared with you yesterday, as Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives looking over Jerusalem, he said to the leadership of Israel, to the Sanhedrin, You will not see me again until you cry out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Paul was very clear that we had to go out. Go out and share the good news of the Messiah. To Jew and Gentile alike, there was an order to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And my calling is to reach you with an understanding that your neighbor, your friend, your co-worker who does not understand why you believe in Jesus, that they can still remain Jewish and believe in the one that was promised to them. That they can see right there in the Torah the compound unity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right there in Genesis 1. That they can see that the gospel, the good news, is a message that's very Jewish. Jesus himself lived as a Jew. He died as a Jew. He rules and reigns in heaven as a Jew. And will return as a Jew to rule and reign in Jerusalem, the spiritual capital of the world. We're called each to do our part, to share the good news. And we're called in Romans 11 to do it in order, and that is to the Jew first. We serve a God of promises. But more than a God of promises, we serve a God who fulfills his promises. Young or old, whatever promises he made to you as a child, let us not give up the hope that those promises will come through. God is a God that does not change. God is not a man that he should lie. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We see in this picture of the sacrifice of Isaac, the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. We see a powerful picture of a loving father who is willing to give of himself out of faith and obedience to the one who called him and redeemed him from a life of idol worship and a father who was an idol maker. That he delivered me from a life of sin committed to the world and took me out of the corporate world. At 55 years old, I became a rabbi. God can transform our lives with events that are wrapped around faithfulness. The blessings of God are available to all for the asking. Not the blessing of prosperity. 
Not the blessing of good fortune. Not necessarily the blessing of good health. But the promised hope that God brought the substitute. The same substitute that he brought for the redemption of the Jewish people through Isaac. He brought the Lamb of God that John the prophet recognized. As he said, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. We say that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Let us understand what is the beginning and the end of. In the Garden of Eden, God brought the first sacrifice to cover the sins of Adam and Eve. And then he brought the last sacrifice, Jesus, our Messiah. The first and the last. And when Jesus breathed those words, it is finished. We now have a new understanding of what was finished. Amen? Let us stand now as I read to you the words of Numbers chapter 6, verses 22, where Moses said, where God said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the children of Israel. As grafted in inheritors, you are now B'nai Yisrael, children of Israel. Please bow your heads to receive the ironic benediction. For God says in this way, I will put my name on them and I will bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face and look upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus our Messiah. Amen.